Hi, and welcome to the Global Game Changers podcast. I'm James Digby, and I'll be your host for the show where each week we join a special guest and co-host and find out about their journey into tech and hear the stories that led them to where they are now. We'll sit down with startup founders, VCs, leading figures from corporate tech giants and the governmental sector to find out what makes them tick and the quirky memories that they've had along the way so far. In this week's show, we got to sit down with Aaron Ross, the author of the best-selling books, Predictable Revenue and From Impossible to Inevitable. And he takes us back in a time to joining Salesforce at 150 people and going through the experiences that took him through the scale to succeed through to now how he manages to balance life with nine children in his family whilst running an international multi-million dollar business of his own. This episode was recorded live at Tech Barbecue 2019 with my guest co-host Alex Fellman, where we go into detail how Aaron finds the time for himself and the things that matter most to him. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, everybody. We're recording here live at Tech Barbecue. This is Startup 42 Media. Very, very excited to be sitting down with Aaron Ross. Uh, I forgot to ask, Aaron, how do, how do you want us to affiliate you? Author, you're an author. You've done a lot of really cool things. Aaron Ross, the... Yep. Well... <laughs> the yep. <laughs> well... <laughs> uh, the author of Predictable Revenue and the new one, From Impossible to Inevitable. Nice. And uh, dad of nine, go- well, going on ten. Congratulations. Going on ten? Going on ten. So is that yeah. like... You, they have an adoption and process. Okay. Yeah. We could go on to 11 at some point, but we're sort of on this fence of like, do we have another baby, like a last baby ourselves or not? So we've had this conversation between me and my wife. And oh. you know, <laughs> I thought you were looking at me. I thought yeah. you were looking at me. We haven't had this conversation, Alex. <laughs> we're, 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 me and James are adopting children now. Well, I was listening to Brock. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be more specific. Yeah. <laughs> not my work wife, Alex. Right? I was actually technically, the microphone is towards your way, unfortunately. So that's how it is. But, uh, no, we were talking about that like, having the next child. And like, you know, we've only got two. And then we've already got two hands, though. So one set of hands yeah. each. Um, You'll be outnumbered with three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then coming up to, to yourselves, it's how is that? It's uh, And juggling as well. I'm, all, I'm fine. Well, interesting. So later today, I'm going to do the first talk ever uh, around for myself and around this, which is the title of it is uh, Building a $5 million Business While Having 10 Kids. So, <laughs> Fantastic. Mostly not so much it, around the money or parenting. Can, can, I, can I ask, uh, and maybe this is a dumb slash obvious question, which one do you feel is harder? Uh, that is a – no, parenting is harder. Yeah, is hard. They're both hard, like mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur and being a parent. But um, and I think it's also I'm older. I think if I was younger, my 20s, like I've just once you've been through entrepreneurship a bunch of times, you're like, okay, like when things don't work, it's not as big a deal. Like it takes some of the charge out of failure. Mm -hmm. And same thing with parenting. And by now with 10 kids. Wait, so can I can I just ask this? So what you're basically saying is you failed with your first couple kids is it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, as a parent, you're failing every day. But I'm buggered, really. Like you know, I've really got to get get the numbers up, right? On laws of averages. Yeah. Well, it's not a competition. No, okay. Kind of is, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, no, just winning it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's uh, it's been amazing. So I, we just, for some reason, we love having a big family, and we no. like it, and it's just the way we our path. And there's no real logical. There's no logic to it. It's it's a grind, and it's also awesome. Do you feel as an entrepreneur that you can be as flexible? more flexible than, than someone doing, let's say, a nine to five. 
and you have more time for your children. Even I can. You travel a lot. Yeah. I you can. personally, as I made it, like I've you. made it that way, and I started yeah. early that way. Um, you know, so I think that it's it's hard. It's one thing when you have a, there's so many types of jobs and so many types of entrepreneurs. Yeah. For me, at least, and I kind of designed it this way over the last like ten years. I only got married eight years ago, by the way. So mm -hmm. I went from zero to so. Just a quick question: Does that mean that basically what you give each other as an anniversary present is you adopt a kid? Is is is, <laughs> is that how your family works? Um, I don't want to say yes. <laughs> but. Yeah, there's a few extra ones in between, yeah. but you know, still, it um, averages out. To, um, <laughs> but it's like, uh, I, I have made, a, a, it was a big conscious effort 10 years ago, really once I left Salesforce. So I worked at Salesforce in the early two thousands yeah. and there's really only about 150 people when I started. I'd say that would be a ride. Salesforce back in the day yeah. of, of actually thousand people. Let's jump into that the yeah. back afterwards as well. But you know, you know, going into it, say entrepreneurship was, you built that as you left it and you had the opportunity to then decide how you wanted to structure your life. And I think, as a, you know, I think the question could be out there of, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm also a father, how do I do this? And, and uh, there, of course, there are no guidelines, there is no rule book, but, you know, is it that you, you can give your child or you can give your children more time and energy and effort if you can find that balance? Um, I don't like, so for me, it's not balance. I use the yeah. word juggling. I have lots of balls in the air, right? <laughs> juggling. Balance, to me, um, at least for my, like, balance implies one side wins one loses i have to that's choose career or family and i'm not saying that for some people that's true no. um, i like juggling and i think that for me you know when i have work time i just like block out work time as work time no. i really do my best to just be totally present to work although i will have kids banging on my doors and screaming and i'll have to interrupt work quite a bit but family time is family time as much as possible yeah. and when i can i try to combine the two so there are times i've taken kids on speaking trips Nice. There's nice. lots of business trips I take that are not fun. I'm like, you can't go. This is not a fun trip. And they're like, why can't we go? <laughs> no, it's just you're going to hate it. You're going to be in a hotel. You're going to see the conference. And yeah. then that's it. And I think there'll be more as they get older. There's more chances to kind of do things together. So the combining work and family. But um, I think what um, I do, so the time, the calendaring is really important. And it's not even just there's family time, there's uh, work time. And the two others that I think are so easy to get left behind when you have a family is one time for myself, which I've been horrible at for years, but now this year I've been really doing that. Oh. Really, it's like going to the gym with a trainer. By the mm. way, if I don't have a trainer at a time, I often don't do it. So it's like I know so if I hire someone to and I have time and she's awesome, I do it. Yeah. yeah. But if I don't, it's like eh. Mm. And the other thing is uh, date night or with my so I'm still married by <laughs> my wife. Um, I mean, there's I don't know how single parents do it by the way, but. No. It's just I also concur. There is no know. way. Of, no, I don't know, of, but people do. So, but having time, maybe it's date night. It's something you need to spend time to invest in that relationship because it's so easy. And even we, it happens to us. Like you become roommates because you're so busy, tired, overwhelmed, yeah. and just you put yourself last sometimes because you have kids and a business. So that to to, to help the juggling process. You need to invest in yourself and your relationships. So it's actually looking at yourself and in, in, in you as a person of what you want to give and what you want to get as well. Not only for what you have to do on the work side or your responsibilities as a parent, but also for you as a person. Yeah. And it's a lot of things to, to juggle. Yeah. So for me, a lot of it's driven by calendar mm -hmm. and deadlines. So I have a calendar out. I mean, not everything is calendar, but I have like blocks for things like, you know, it's like family morning. So I always help people get reputes ready for school. Okay. So it always night. happens in the morning and there's in the afternoon. Like night and afternoon, evening yeah. and during the day pretty much is work. Except for like, again, there's always like doctor's appointments, like constant. So I work from home usually. Yeah. 
Um, I don't. I, I wish I could have an office nearby. It just it's just not. Our, our company's mostly in Canada and in Mexico, and I'm in LA. And I was going to ask that actually because I really like working from home, and I think it's the the, the, the casualness, and of course the, the distractions from working from home are also there. But if you had that short commute, say it's across the road into a, a beautiful office block, would that really help? Fuck yeah! Is, is that hell yeah? <laughs> is that when you're in like I miss, you know, I'm not even close to a co-working place, uh, so I'm in northern Los Angeles, Palisades. Oh, so you got nothing. There's nothing around there that's within easy reach. So uh, even if I, it's a 20 minute drive, but just with our schedules, it's just no, it's not worth it. But I would love to have a co working space where there's like people. I mean, cafes are a nice second, but yeah. like I just like having people around where I could focus. And coworkers would be better, but even just people around in a place and versus being alone in a room, which I often am at yeah. home a lot. I think so. often, at least for me, I find that like. I'll get energy for people who are working and engaged and focused mm -hmm. just yeah. for myself yeah, yeah. and sort of as a motivator <laughs> to, to, to be on. Because if, if I'm not on and I look around and like everyone else will be on, go, oh, I'm going to step my game up and, and get into yeah. it again. So <laughs> anyone in the Palisades that want to get gets together and rent a place, you know, we've got at least one tent for you. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I would say, um, you know, I think about this and money, I'm coming come back to money, it's so vital. And especially when you have parents, a parent or parents who work, and there's always this guilt around. I'm not, it's kind of, when I'm with my kids, I often don't want to be with them because they drive me crazy. Sometimes <laughs> I love them, sometimes I don't. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Um, and when I'm at work, sometimes I want to be at work or sometimes I don't. Anyways, this grass is greener. But when you uh, are working to make money to support the family, that's still family time. So for me, when I travel, you know, I'll have guilt around being away because it's like hard on my wife. And she, even right now, she's sick. And, yeah. But like, I got to make money to support the family. I started at Salesforce early, but not early enough, right? I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, I made there. just as much money to pay off some divorce debt back at that time. Yeah. I, that was my first marriage, starter marriage. Uh, now it's my my real marriage. Do, do you recommend? Okay. Wait, yeah. I gotta ask on that. Do That's you, a clarification. Uh, you make, right? do, do you re recommend a starter marriage just to? Work the know, kinks out. Like a, it was like a beta test. <laughs> it's like a beta test. Also, the recommendation to to do that with the startup as well. Going into that, so you left Salesforce. Is this was this the first? path that you went down or did you well fail leaving successfully salesforce at... <laughs> you know i definitely took a non it's a little bit non-traditional after salesforce so i went after salesforce i really was like i i know i want to start a company but i don't know what that would be yeah. and i think for people who want to start a company um and lots of people talk about it but there's this mental decision that makes a big difference which is it's not will i start a company it's uh, when will i start a company or right. i will start a company i don't know i don't have the idea yet but i know i will then you will find ideas as you go. I think a lot of people think, oh, if I had a great idea, I'd do it. And like, that's that the stumbling block for them to, to get into entrepreneurship. It's this whole like, yeah, oh, I, I don't have money, I don't have time, I don't have uh, an idea, I don't have a passion or energy. I mean, there's all these luxuries. And this yeah. is what I've learned over the last 10 years is things like time, energy, passion, money, ideas are all luxuries. Mm -hmm. You don't need those to... Um, Build, start a business, build a business, make money, you have a family. Yeah. But what, so going back to, I was thinking, so I'm doing this talk later, family business, and like, you know, really the core message and the thing that's worked for me to really drive a lot of this growth in business, because the business went from $100,000 to $5 million over the past 10, um, I mean, less than 10, you know, let's just call it 10 years. Yeah. Um, Congrats. And yeah. I, I, that's the business. I, grew my own personal income by 11 times in like four years after I got married. And a lot of that was because uh, because I got married and had kids. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I have to support them. So because you got married and and had the kids, 
then you felt that it was the need to have that that extra push to, as opposed to beforehand because yeah. other people will be yes. the other way around, right? Fire I, in the ass. I, I think one of the yeah. things that's always interesting, and I think especially for entrepreneurs, I feel like entrepreneurs are like putting out fires as they come. And this is just yeah. a thing of like, I have this fire that I need to support kids. Fuck, like I need to make money. And yeah. and then it's, it's, I feel like, that, I don't know, yeah. I, I think that way a lot too. It's just like, oh, if it's not there in front of me, like I don't, I'm not going to deal with it and whatever. But once it's there, I'm like, oh crap, I need to do it. Yeah. And I, need, I need to get it out of the way. I need to. Yeah, I'm, that's why I was backwards. I mean, even my father is the type which is, hey, first I'll make money, and then, or how much money do I do I have or make, and then how many kids can I support? Or, yeah. and we are the opposite, which is we kind of had this, I would say, more of like this gut feeling, this intuition, around like what we want to do with our family, and we whether adopt or have kids, and then we will figure out how to make the money work after that. And stressful, I'll tell you yeah. that, but it's worked. And if I had to reverse it, there would have been no way for us to have as big a business or as awesome a family if we try to do the money first then see what we could afford wouldn't not with the no family way, no way. well it seems like one of those for things yeah. but i think that's one of those things of, of they talk about you know aim for the moon you reach the stars of of if you have that sort of long aim for the stars yeah yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> whatever he's like stop we definitely got you <laughs> that's how these I shows work this, so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> this, is, this is all we do um whatever More beer in here yeah <laughs> um but you know what i mean it's just you you have to have these sort of big grandiose plans and you figure out your way there, but if you kind of don't have the big plans, you go, oh, I need this, and how many can I support from that? Then you don't really aim for it, and you don't really end up getting or achieving as much, and, and so on and so forth, and it, it seems... Yeah. What's well, well, So even in your day-to-day -day work, it's just so easy to get caught in our habits and our, yeah. our, the way we think, and we get used to what we're doing, um, and it's hard. It takes a lot of energy to break those that mold of the way our life looks today. So I'd say that's something that I have gotten a lot better at over the last ten years. So when you when you then left, you went from the corporate world yep. into then the startup, but had the luxury of having that space or maybe that little cushion to say, what do I want to do? Yeah, and be I the did. entrepreneur, be an entrepreneur for yourself. It seemed like, as there, opposed well, to saying, a, well, like I need a, to do this. Or there was like a two year, a one or one or two year period where after I left Salesforce, I knew I wanted to start a company. I didn't know what, and I luckily was able to do. The funny thing is, when I left Salesforce, I'm like, the one thing I do not want to do is sales consulting. <laughs> so, of course, I started doing sales consulting. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but I was lucky to work with a, a venture capital firm for a while to kind of, like, look at stuff around. And I traveled. Um, I, it probably was a year of just – I was able to – I had a, a low-expense lifestyle at that point, yeah. right? Didn't have kids. Didn't have a mortgage, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera. So I was able to kind of bounce around for a while. And one of the things I did realize was – um, I remember actually I took it, I did all this research for a few months and went to China because I had a friend there just to, I remember. And you heard about it, right? I heard, like, hey, there's this China thing. <laughs> but I remember this, I, I remember this small moment place. sitting on yeah. this, this couch there. I think, wow, you know what? Um, in this kind of just being bored too, this hot is so hot out there at that time. It was August in, China, in Beijing, Oof. just disgusting. Yep. But stifling in, as well. Yeah, it was just, it was just stifling. And thinking, wow, you know what? I really don't want to start a tech company. I don't want to start a, I don't want to raise money. I don't want to kind of like follow this ladder that I've been following. Mm. And what I really want to do is make as much money as I want doing what I love. I don't know what the hell that means, but I want to be able to work on what I want, when I want, with who I want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, That's a really good caveat. That's you know, just a really good general way of looking yeah, at it. Yeah, it's right? kind of like redesigned work. Um, so again, I don't know what that means. So until then, I, I'll keep doing some sales consulting to pay the bills. And I started on this, um, then there was kind of 
two or three years, two or three years of all these other ideas that I had that I came up with at that time. One called Unique Genius, right, helping people make money through enjoyment. One called CEO Flow, uh, turn your employees into mini CEOs, and kind of basically these things I thought were a lot more interesting than sales consulting yeah. and, and outbound prospecting. Like, oh, these are much more interesting. But when it came down to getting married, so then. Right, so I'm doing these different things. I'm still making so lots of little projects. Going some projects, on and, and I wrote a. I mean, I did a book. They were. I mean, I was making money at them, and like they were things. They yeah. were. They were. They were. They were bit like mini businesses at that point. Um, and I was probably making let's call it like seventy thousand dollars a year. I wasn't trying to make a lot of money. I was just yeah. trying to just get by. Explore, and yeah, see. get by and explore. And did you think that one of them was the one at that time? Um, I, you know, I, I didn't want to. The thing I wanted to do was to take some like unique genius, which felt more. Um, I was more passionate about the time or mm -hmm. CEO flow and more interesting. But when it came down to it and getting married, I'm like, well, what's the easiest way to make money? And that was predictable revenue. Mm -hmm. Now, what's interesting is by spending the time kind of like, hey, how do I enjoy work more? Um, and I don't want to do sales consulting. I don't want to do, but then I got to make money <laughs> in doubling down on predictable revenue and like picking my niche which yeah. was before I've been doing sales stuff. So, okay, I got to do outbound prospecting because mm -hmm. I hadn't wanted to like do that because it's too narrow, too boring, blah, blah, blah. but okay. But you th knew it was. There's all these reasons I hadn't done it, right? Yeah. There's all these reasons before I hadn't narrowed, focused the, the other, but I had to make money. So I, I sort of had to get over my fears and concerns, published the book, sort of did this niche, got a partner. Um, and what's interesting is that I, I took a lot of the ideas, like working on what I want, when I want, make it interesting, how do I enjoy work, but was able to feed that back into the predictable revenue business with sales. Nice. So do there's a lot of uh, meaning in what I do, both because I have a team. That predict, so predictablerevenue.com, there's 30 or 40 people. And um, it's interesting. I, it's like I have found ways to make it interesting and to bring fulfillment into that for myself and my family. And I let a lot of what I learned too was, it's not just um, you know there's kind of this thing. My kids are like I'm bored, right? Yeah. And they want people to solve it for them, <laughs> or it's like people in like, well, I want to find passion and like purpose in life. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of waiting for this like lightning bolt to hit their heads. But well, you can find passion, purpose in like the little things you do every day if you just look for it and you and you put it there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in my, um, it's different than like saving orphans in Africa which actually my wife is going on an orphanage trip in November. Um, but it can be, it's fulfilling and meaningful in a different way. Yeah. So, and we have to make a lot of money because it's an expensive family. To so support I, the family as yeah. well now. And, and, and oh that God. machine. And, Crazy and how that. much, how much do you think, you can't even imagine how much the family like that costs. And more than that. I, I don't I, want I to imagine, uh, I, to be I honest. Know, it's, no. it's one of these things I, where. I can imagine, uh, but I, I've done some of. Uh, do you come from a big family, Alex? No, no, Dude, no it's, I, I, it's me and my sister. But the, the reason I can imagine, because I was reading this article once where they talked about how in the U.S. Uh, I'm, an, I'm an American from New York. How the going into the sciences is the same as raising a child. So they talked about on average to raise a child for 18 years is like $250,000. Mm -hmm. So you basically need to raise a $2.5 million business to support your 10 kids for 18 yeah, years. Yeah, that's way low, way low. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, we, so we spent like 70 grand a month on like... It's just crazy. So uh, is that honestly actually going into the, the logistics I, of it? So is uh, it really like seventy k a month into the raising of children? And, well, and, okay. You know, so we our family is like, like we call well, our family. We have a crazy family, right? Yeah. So I, I was just speak for myself. I don't know about other people, but we. That's what uh, it's all about. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so because when you look at the size of the family, we've had to move 
constantly for years because the family kept getting bigger. So now we ended up in a 12000 a month house because that was the only house big enough where we were living. So you didn't start with that house, the big house. Went, no, okay, no. we got to fit all the rooms. It I, went from, I, don't I actually the remember the room. No, I remember the rent because <laughs> that was part of this, again, growth, which was going back to um, committing to the family bef- and the yep. money would follow. It's like Abraham Hicks, but uh, <laughs> so we start. It was like a two thousand dollar a month apartment when it was just four of us: so myself, my wife, and her two, two, the two ki- our two kids from her first marriage. And then we had a baby, so we, we had to move to an apartment that was thirty five hundred dollars bigger. And then so we had more even the addition of one exponentially actually yeah, increased because the you price go, of yeah. You need another yeah. We just had to because mm-hmm. yep. and the other kids were old enough; they need their own space. And then we moved to a house that was eighty eight thousand five hundred a month because we had. You know, another kid and so on. And then we moved to a house that was $17,000 a month, which was actually too expensive. So that was interesting for a while. <laughs> but that was also a big a big gap between the two. You went, okay, no, yeah. I mean, we, it, we need it, to go in then. And it, there's other factors. Like, we couldn't move away from Los Angeles because the two, my wife's first two kids uh, had a bio dad that was there and wouldn't legally let us move to, like, a less expensive oh, place. That sounds terrible. Oh, yeah. so you had to be in, in that particular Not area in that as well. zone, but in terms of, like, so the, all these factors, schools yeah, were, certainly. were everything. So, um, anyway, ended up now we're in a $12,000 month, $12, month house. We, ha- we get nannies. So, again, how do we yeah. get by? We have paid and forced help. The paid yeah. help our nannies, the forced help are the older ones. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah. Got, sense. Long, got, oh, Elderly slave ago. labor. What's the, what's yeah, the basically, rate? that's what they call it. Like, yeah. You, you want to, you go out, kid, go get your own apartment then. If you want to see what it's like to uh, to not have all the fringe benefits that you get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's the range from the eldest to the youngest? Two and a half to 20. Right two and a half to 20. Yeah. So, so two you're 20 still year wiping olds. bottoms. Basically. Oh my! Well, first of all, actually, yes. That's your wife. Literally, so literally and metaphorically, <laughs> yes. so wiping little kids' butts. Uh, the two and a half year old doesn't need it, but she just likes. You know, it's just like a. She just wants. She likes a hand like up that. there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, help me. You met Henry the we other day. Check. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, and I like, I still like our, a lot of the older kids still have to wipe their metaphorical butts because they're. How do I? They just. Like, yeah. So then wrapping into that, I think they don't like do your, They don't know how to do their, their own. You know, it's like time man. But there's time management, executive functioning. Um, I was just stuff. There's all this stuff that I mean I take for granted because I know it. But like, do oh you my try God, and create really them into mini entrepreneurs? Hmm? Are you trying to create them into mini entrepreneurs like, along the way? Like or, you're basically no, have your own family incubator. Their own path or yeah, it's it's like find each one finding their path and and pushing them along that because they do need a lot of pushing. Yeah. Um, and whether they some will end up as entrepreneurs in terms of money, but I don't want to f- point them that way necessarily, no. you know, on purpose because not everyone's supposed to be an entrepreneur. Like being an entrepreneur, okay. like the classic term of entrepreneur, which I'm gonna start a company, and is is not for everybody. I'm so just, you need to have a particular personality. Is we what want them saying. to be entrepreneurial in themselves and in, in their mindset of how yep. how to look at problems and how to solve them. Yep. Yeah. But I, that can I also say, affiliate into other trades and industries. Yeah. Yeah, so there are, like, our, we have a 20-year-old, again, she was from China originally. We adopted her when she's 16, and she has this online makeup business where she makes, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it's 100 bucks a month or a couple hundred. Or, I mean, it's, it's growing. She does more than I thought she would because selling stuff online is a pain in the ass. Yeah. But, and, uh... but no, but it's like learning, right? And the way we got her started um, is, so she and the 16-year-old, my 16-year-old daughter, like, the most, they know they want to be entrepreneurs, right? And the other is, you know, we'll just see. So if they want to be, then I'll help them. But I'm not. I don't tell them, "Hey, you need to be an entrepreneur," or try to push them that way. It's like I want them to find out what's right for them. Yeah. Um, but we do push them with like they need to take care of their business. You need to. You need to go to school, get grades, or do chores, and 
You can't just... Uh, but going back to the 20-year-old from China, Vicky, she's she's great. And got help get her started because I know she, you know, it's not that she kids are lazy. It's that I think they don't have the habits and patterns of mm-hmm. knowing how to motivate themselves and manage themselves yeah. yet. So she had wanted to talk about business and start a business. And um, originally, I'm like, well, the only way you do that is you can go to school. And she does go to school, but you've got to start it. To learn about business, you got to start a business. That's mm-hmm. the way you do it. Yeah. Um, and she had some relatives in China doing this online network marketing with makeup. And then said, okay, well, let's come up with, if you, when you make your first $1,000 in profit from people that you don't know, right, because friends and family, it's kind of, it's a great way to start, but yeah. it's not. Then I will get you the new iPhone, right? Okay. So it was a so carrot. nice goals. And- yeah, but $1,000 of profit, yeah. and I'm, I'm picky about that. Cause I, know, I, know how to cheat. I got kids who will cheat the system whatever way they can. Like, I'm like, I don't know. This. She's they, not, they taught well, right? Yeah, she's not <laughs> a cheater. So that helped. That got her over the hump, and it took her like a year. And now she's kind of doing it on her own here and there at part time, and it's right. a seed she's planted for the future. So super cool. Well, I say we've just blasted past a, a whole session uh, on this, and I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry if it takes up the time, but I was I, you know, personally really fascinated at the balance between entrepreneurship and, and being a father or being a parent, and, and seeing how does that fit in, and how then do you see with with raising the children and and being an entrepreneur. Do you yeah, it's constant. layer those on? And yeah, it's so these, a lot of juggling. I think they're juggling. It's a it's, lot uh, of juggling. <laughs> Aaron the juggler. I think Aaron I, the juggler. I, I think that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's and just it's it's tiring, and there's a lot of investment, time, and energy, and money, but the rewards have been worthwhile. So it gives me, like, when I'm just I'm constantly doing, you know, that's why it's hard to make that space for myself, and I yep. have to, um, because there's so much to do and it's so intense, but. It's uh, it's worth it. But that's the key yeah. takeaway, I think, for, for yourself. Then, say, investing in you and the person, and give yourself the time and the energy, and also mm-hmm. the relationships that you want to yeah. make, and everything else will follow and through. And yeah, come through with from my wife, you know, heart, you know core. Yep. Fantastic. Perfect. Aaron, thank Aaron, you very much. Thank you so much. This has been great, and we'll be live for the next one soon. Yeah. All right. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks again to Aaron and Alex for joining us this week. It was fascinating to hear how Aaron regulates his calendar in order to make sure that he can find his personal balance. We hope that you like the show, but as always, we love to hear your feedback on what you like and dislike about the format. Come join the conversation with our community at facebook.com slash startup42media and don't forget to drop us a like when you're there. Until next time, I'm James Digby and you've been listening to the Global Game Changers podcast by Startup 42 Media. Music